Welcome into the harvest. I'm Andrew Straub. The first and last words of Jesus to his disciples in Matthew's gospel give us a great place to begin talking about what it means to follow Jesus. His first words were, come, follow me. And his last were, go, make disciples. A few episodes back, we talked about some of what it looks like to come and follow Jesus. And on today's show, we start a two-part discussion of how we can begin to go and make disciples. Hi, guys. It's Abigail here with Into the Harvest. And I've got Andrew and Lakeith on the line with me. Hey, guys. What's up? What's up? How's it going, everybody? Really good. Guys, it is... um, another podcast day and we have a really awesome topic to talk about this morning um or afternoon or whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this podcast (laughs) listeners i shouldn't narrow it down like that but we are recording in the morning um we have actually been seeing a lot of questions on our social media about this topic and it just comes out over and over again we keep getting messages and we couldn't wait any longer we just really had to talk about it so we're going to be talking about discipleship today uh, because it seems to be something you guys really care about out there Um, and it's maybe a topic that isn't discussed a whole lot Uh, so we're going to head into that today and we're pretty psyched so um, let's get started in the idea that this um maybe fits in really well into what Into the Harvest is about. Is And Andrew, kind of help our listeners understand our jump of why this topic is important. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, two questions that all of us, the people who belong to Jesus, should be trying to get clarity on is, well, what does it mean to be one of Jesus's people? And then how do I live life? as one of Jesus's people. So how do I become one of his people? And then how do I live life as one of his people? And we've, uh, we've talked about the first and the last words of Jesus to his first disciples. If you go back to Matthew's gospel and you look at the first words that we see Jesus speaking to the men who would become his disciples, and then you look at the last words that he spoke to them, I think they actually give us a lot of insights into what Jesus is calling us to as his people. So Matthew 4.19 is the first instance of Jesus interacting with his disciples. And he says, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And then in Matthew 28.19, Jesus tells those same followers to go and make disciples of all nations. And so we, we talked about it a, a few episodes back about the, the pull and the push of discipleship and how being a follower of Jesus means that we're, we're going to be in constant motion. He's going to be wanting us to come and follow him. So he's going to want to draw us closer to him. And a few episodes ago, we talked about learning how to stay connected with him through the scriptures and through prayer, just like those first followers had to learn to spend time with Jesus so that they could learn from him. But he's also going to want to push us out into the world as his messengers, as, as his representatives. And that's the push of discipleship, which, which is to go hmm. and make disciples. And so that same dynamic of Jesus constantly drawing us to himself and then pushing us out into the world applies to us today, just like it did to those first followers. And so we talked about come and follow a few episodes back. And so... On this episode and the next, we really want to focus on, well, how do we go and make disciples? 
But when we talk about making disciples and we talk about words like discipleship, you know, those can be um, words that people don't have a lot of clarity on. Maybe they're familiar, they've heard them, but they may not have a clear sense about well, what is discipleship, what is disciple making. So let me ask you, Keith, what do you think? What, uh, how can we understand those words? Mm-hmm. So when you think of discipleship, uh, a simple breakdown of it could be living a life of devotion to Christ. So uh, when you think of discipleship, you're living a life of devotion to Christ. So that means you live for him and you belong to him. And that's how you identify uh, with discipleship. Now, when it comes to disciple making, you can think of replicating that life of devotion in the next generation. So that's more disciple uh, making. We want to pass that on to the next generation. Um, it's not for us to just have it uh, on our own and not keep it going. You know, you're training up your replacement. And uh, as followers of Christ, we should be committed to both to uh, discipleship, living a life of devotion to Christ, and then also disciple making, re- uh, replicating that life of devotion in the next generation. So uh, trying to think of like, um, how am I being a disciple of Christ? You know, how am I, uh, how am I learning from him and becoming like him? And then how am I passing that on? Is that just staying with me? And uh, the passage I think that we're really going to focus on today that helps us is Matthew 28 and then specifically verses 18 through 20. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think we're going to actually push it back and maybe start in verse 16. Um, and I'll just read it for us just to get us kind of exactly where we need to be. If you don't have your Bible in front of you, listeners, we're going to read it to you so you can get the big picture. Um, and then maybe, you guys, we could just break it down um, just kind of verse by verse and um, and just really um, point to how this is all about discipleship. So I'll just read it for us. Uh, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." So yeah, um, hey Keith, why don't you just start out and set the stage for us about what those verses are? Yeah, no problem. So a uh, uh, thing that we like to do when we're doing Bible study with uh, whether it's new peeps or uh, guys and girls that's been around the faith for a while, we like to uh, set the stage and, and make the make the Bible go from two D to three D to come alive. And I think one way you can do that is uh, make it into a movie scene. So. To think through who are the characters, what's the atmosphere of the story, what's the location, and then like play by play what's going on. So if you think of uh, Matthew 28 like that, you got Jesus, and uh, this is his last interaction with his uh, with his followers, some of his closest followers. And uh, like you said, Abby, the first thing he wanted to address was that all authority had been given to him, and uh, that was his starting statement, you know. So you can picture his opening lines being pretty dramatic and. He's probably got their attention at that point, and uh, he gives them some standing orders that they they are to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. Pretty much the thing he had done to them to keep that going, and uh, it's cool that he promised to be to be with them always. So you can you can imagine this powerful scene as Jesus uh, shares with his, his followers his standing orders. Yeah, I I love that. I think um, thinking through the scriptures in that way has has really helped me 
it, it's it's allowed the scriptures, like you said, to go from two D to three D to really come to life. So, you know, picturing yourself as a a director uh, <laughs> who's going to film this, who's going to actually put it on video, it really does force you to think through. Well, where would you need to set up your camera, and who's in the shot, and then what are they saying? And the first thing I'm struck by with this is that Matthew goes out of his way to explain to us that the 11 disciples had gone where Jesus told them to go. So they they go to Galilee, they travel to Galilee mm-hmm. from Jerusalem, and they go to a specific mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And I think that's the first thing that stands out to me is that the people who are in this scene the, the 11 disciples, they're there because they had followed Jesus's instructions up to that point, both here in verse 16 of, of Matthew 28, mm-hmm. but, but also they were the ones who had responded to Matthew 4:19. come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So I think uh, the great commission is, is significant. And the people who received it were the ones who had, who had followed Jesus um, both since Matthew 4, but also here in Matthew 28, that they had put themselves in the place where they could receive this commission. So it, it sort of goes back to you, you can't make disciples until you've become a disciple. So if you haven't really um, made peace with surrendering your life to Christ and following him, then concerning yourself with helping others follow him, of course, is going to be a non-issue for you. But if you are someone who has has done business with that and you belong to Jesus, you're seeking to follow him, then you are someone that Jesus is going to want to to put into service, you, he, someone that he's going to want to come alongside him in his work of, of making disciples. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about the setting. <clears throat> we talked about the the characters that you would have to cast. And then the third piece of that is really the dialogue or the script. And so, Abigail, let me throw it over to you and say, you know, what do you think about what Jesus actually has to say in this passage? Yeah, um, I love the fact that he starts off right away with the big guns that all authority in heaven and on earth is given to him. Um, there's no question about, um, you know, who is in charge here. And and I think it's also really important that he started off with um, just telling them exactly how it is that he is in charge because it really speaks into everything else that he says as he's about to give them some pretty high orders and it is it encourages me in a huge way to know that it's not he's never expecting us to do this in our own strength um, that it really plays a huge role in the fact that it is his authority that we're under um, and it's on heaven and on earth which means you know this is um, a a two-way street as far as um, we he is speaking into our lives so that we can then go out and do um, the work that he's called us to do and he really has you know some pretty big uh, commands for them and um, the first thing that he says is to go and make disciples and this it kind of plays well with what we've talked about in the past of you know come in and see and this is a 
absolute opposite direction. Now it's time to go. Um, So now that we are walking with the Lord and being his disciples, it's now our turn to turn around and go out and make disciples. But that's a a going thing to do. And so we're going to be going out into the harvest places and, um, and meeting people where they are and really sharing the good news with them there. And he then says, all nations. And I really love this because it leaves absolutely no one out. <laughs> and and so it um, it really gives us a huge challenge and it can feel very overwhelming. And I can't imagine how the 11 must have felt. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I don't I don't know if they really had any idea of their their own um, nation span, but it had to have felt huge to them too. And, and, and I think this really speaks into that idea that this wasn't just for them, that they really had to start making disciples because they would need the helpers <laughs> to do this, to reach all the nations like this. So um, I really, I love that aspect of inclusiveness there, that we are really to go to all nations. Uh, and then it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, And this also points back to him just saying a second ago, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, um, therefore, we have the authority to now baptize and to help people make that statement of faith um, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all there. Um, It's very important that he is um, commanding them to do this, to carry on the work that has already been started through his ministry on the earth. Uh, And then he says, teaching them to obey. Uh, And this, all his commands, all, all is a little bitty word that means (laughs) a lot. (laughs) And so um, this really points to what we're talking about today about discipleship. We're not just, uh, you know, sharing the good news of Jesus, the gospel, and then, you know, people accept him and they're little bitty baby um, believers. And then we just peace out. You know, we're, we're really helping people to grow here, to follow his commands, to, to obey, to, to um, become more like him themselves. Um, And that it really includes this command as well. So his disciples are now going to pass the torch of even this go and make disciples command. So it's, um, it's a really big statement. Um, and that fits in like two or three sentences here. It's really crazy. Uh, so, I mean, I, I covered it quickly, but you guys, we can spend our whole lives doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think we can maybe explore it. We can, we can also just go a little bit deeper in, in a few of these different statements that Jesus makes. So if we start off with the, um, if we start off with Jesus's statement of authority there at the very beginning, I, I really, I really do see this as foundational. If you put yourself in the sandals of those first 11, they go to this mountain. And the first thing that's significant, that's really easy for us just to overlook is that Jesus is alive. Because if we think of the setting, he had, he had put the death on the cross. They saw that he had been buried in a tomb. They saw that. Now he had already appeared to them uh, prior to this meeting in Galilee, but the reality that he, he was alive, he's a living person, is the basis for making disciples because you really can't follow someone who is dead. Um, you know, you could admire them, you could follow their, their teachings, but that's not what Jesus is telling 
these first disciples to do. He's, he's telling them to make disciples to help other people become his followers. And we can actually do that because Jesus is alive today. So that's, that's so significant because oftentimes when we think about evangelism or sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. it's almost like we, we don't really grasp that Jesus is alive or that doesn't really come into play. We're communicating information about Jesus and we're, we're trying to get people to agree and then say a prayer. But what Jesus is describing for us here is, our role is actually to help people understand that Jesus is a living Lord and that they can belong to him. They can actually live life with him, that they can follow him because he's alive. So that's the first thing that stands out to be is that Jesus is a living Lord. He's alive. And not only is he alive, but he's been given all authority. And this is something that if you go into Acts, you see that the father has given all authority to Jesus. And like you said, Abby, in heaven and on earth. And that's really the basis. So not only not only is he alive, but he's been given all authority. He is the person that all creation is supposed to be loyal to, is supposed to belong to, is supposed to come under. And it's really the basis for this mission that uh, that we've been given. So Keith, let me uh, throw it over to you yeah, and talk a little bit more about when Jesus says, go to all nations and make disciples, you know, what, what stands out to you there? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think just the outward mindset, you know, go and make disciples like this is something you couldn't stand still on. And uh, the phrase that immediately came to my head when I heard this was, it takes one to make one, you know, uh, to to make a disciple, you have to be a disciple. And I might ruffle some feathers here, but uh, one of the most successful teams in the in the NBA is the, the Warriors, and their coach Steve Kerr. He's a prior player, you know. He had uh, he was a player before he was a coach, and I think that has a lot to do with the success of the team now because a former player is helping players develop, if that makes sense. So in the same sense, uh, with discipleship, uh, really spending time as a disciple and, you know, getting close to Jesus, spending time with him, learning from him, becoming like him, uh, helps you in that process when you, when you want to pass it on to somebody else. And, uh, I think a lot of us, um, especially me in the beginning can get intimidated, like, Hey, I don't know enough, or I haven't spent a t- time enough with, with God. And, with uh with other disciples but uh i really do think jesus wants us to go for it to uh to go to jump in the pool you know to get right in and to try uh, to the best of our abilities make disciples and what that looks like we go back to that same those definitions we had earlier living a life of devotion to christ that don't take um that's not like rocket science you know you're living for jesus and then replicating that passing that life of devotion on and letting people see how you live for jesus and uh giving them the basics of our faith and, and helping them uh, also pass that on. So I think that idea that it takes one to make one. If we want to uh, make disciples, we have to be disciples and and uh, place ourselves under the authority that Jesus already has. So, uh, Abby, I'm going to popcorn it to you for that last that last part, uh, his presence being with us always and how he talked about baptism. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, 
Wait, you asked two questions there. Something about baptism or did I hear you Yeah, wrong? it was kind of like that? that That summary of the last part. He ta- how he talked about, you know, the process of teaching them and, and baptizing them, but really that promise to be with <laughs> oh, them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe if I can... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if yeah. I could jump back in just really quickly because... Is that okay, Abby? <laughs> That's okay. Go ahead. Well, I just think, you know, so many, so many of us, we've memorized the Great Commission, and oftentimes we memorize verses 19 and 20, which is great. It starts off, therefore, go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. But I really do think we've got to go back to verse 18, where Jesus says, all authority. And I know we already talked about authority a little bit, but uh, how that's the basis, you know, an- another sense in which that, that is the basis, the authority of Jesus First and foremost, it's it's true for these first these eleven disciples that because Jesus has been given authority, they should obey him in whatever it is that he's about to say to them. Hmm. So verse eighteen, Jesus says, I have the authority to direct your life. Therefore, <laughs> here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples. And so the authority of Jesus it's relevant to us first and foremost that, that we need to recognize and be willing to submit our lives to Jesus because he's the one who's been given all authority. But it also gives us the legitimacy to call other people to obedience. So when Jesus says right. he wants us to make disciples, that's not just us imposing our values or, or mm-hmm. our beliefs on other people. That's us trying to help people to recognize this is who Jesus is. Hmm. And because Jesus has authority, you don't have to agree with me. Uh, you have to be right with Jesus because he's the one who's been given all authority. And so when you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's really the way you're marked. You've become one of his people. That's the physical way of marking yourself as mm-hmm. one of the people who recognizes and submits to the authority of Jesus. And then he says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And again, the authority of Jesus is the power behind that, that the reason why we should obey everything Jesus commanded is because he has all authority. And so uh, I think it's it's important to really root the, the Great Commission in the authority of Jesus, both mm-hmm. for us as his followers and for us, as we try to help other people follow him, I just didn't want to get too far ahead, ahead of that, you know, when we move into the presence. But, uh-huh. but yeah, looping back to Lakeith's question on the promise of Jesus to be with us, Abby, maybe I'll uh, toss it back over to you. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You know, I feel like um, we could just go... <laughs> over this over and over again and it it would be fine like we would have more things to say this is um you know plenty of sermons worth of just stuff and these last few verses which you know makes sense because this is literally the last thing that jesus said before he left um you know there's entire books on people's last words we put a lot of stock and importance in people's last words and i mean jesus is no different in fact and maybe should be the most important 
you know, person to look to as far as what was the last thing he said before he went um, to heaven. And since we know he's coming back, it's also really important that we make sure that we are doing whatever it was that he said. So um, I'm glad we're just kind of going over and over it again. Um, I think it's fine. And hey, you guys, if you think of something else while I'm talking, you know, that's okay. We can go back. (laughs) We can talk about uh, one of these things again if we've missed something really important. But um, this last part just... And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, Even that little statement has a lot to unpack, I think. Um, The fact that he says that I will be with you always, uh, this is a long-term thing. And I think covers um, even us and those that they were bringing into um, God's kingdom and teaching to obey. This is, he is going ahead and confirming that even though his, he, his physical presence is going to be gone. He is going to be with them. Um, His authority is going to be with them, as Andrew was just talking about, and it's a really important thing for us to to understand and to know that um, this is not some... And this also plays into what Andrew just said, that Jesus is alive and still with us. So just because he's about to go up into heaven, that's going to be a big change for his disciples, that he'll no longer physically be with them. But he's just assuring them that he will, in fact, still be with them. Um, And he also says to the very end of the age, which is, by the way, everybody, this is maybe one of the greatest things we could ever hear because it includes us because we are a part of that to the end of the age. So he really goes ahead and throws the net all the way out to the end of the age and covers all of us um, with his presence, with his authority, and then we are called into that, um, that commission that he's giving. So it's really so beautiful and important for us because it is uh, that assurance that his presence is with us, um, that his authority is now with us. And then this command that he's given, he will walk through it with us. Um, And he's also really just calling us into his work. Uh, And this is something that we have for sure um, seen in our own lives that if we want to be a part of Jesus' work and we want to be with him, then we have to be doing it with him. We can't just sit on the sidelines and watch um, the Lord at work. We have to join him in his um, harvest places. And that requires action on our part. It requires maybe some uncomfortableness of, of taking on something that we maybe don't feel ready for. Um, but he is calling us into action with him. He's saying, I will be with you as you do these things. So we want to really join him. This is a call to action and to joining in the work that yeah, he's I really, already I doing. really agree with that. And this is something I feel strongly about. You know, we talk about into the harvest and moving into the harvest. And here Jesus promises us that, that he'll be with us as we move into the harvest. And so, you know, sometimes we, we want to experience the presence of God and for a lot of us today, the way we think we're going to do that is we're going to go to a sacred space, a church building, and we're going to sing songs that, you know, songs of praise and worship, and that that's going to give us this emotional connection. This We're going to experience the presence of God through singing in this sacred space. And I don't want to discount that entirely, but I do want to elevate where Jesus himself said that he would experience his presence, mm. that that we would experience his presence 
as we moved into the harvest and made disciples, because that's where Jesus is. Uh, Jesus, his, his work was and is to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came to the earth. That's what he's giving himself to right now. And we're going to find him in the harvest. We're going to experience his presence in the harvest. Ugh, it's so good. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. By the way, guys, this is why we call this yep. Into the Harvest, just so you know. Spoiler, here it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, I also liked your, your comment about, you know, the very last statement in Matthew's gospel is to the end of the age. And then there's a period. And I often ask people to read verse 21. And of course, there is no verse 21. Like, that's it. That's that's where Matthew, you know, that's where he felt like this is the appropriate place to end my re- record of, of Jesus's life and teachings. And it really puts us like, like we're verse 21. That, that's, that, that's where we're yeah. at is um, because we haven't reached the end of the age. This mission, this, this great commission is what we need to be living out because Jesus has given us these standing orders that hmm. we should go and make disciples until the end of the age. So, oh, did you have so something good. else, Keith? Uh, maybe I was just thinking in my mind as y'all were sharing because, uh, as you can see, we're really passionate about this topic, and it's probably the topic that, like Abby mentioned earlier, it doesn't get enough love or enough shine. But I think in a practical way, uh, God showing that He'll be with us always. Uh, just thinking through a few people in the Bible, uh, the original disciples of John, John the Baptist. Uh, when Jesus came on the scene, John said, hey, the Lamb of God, you know, and it says that these two guys like went and followed Jesus, you know, but if you think about that, they were already uh, committed or they already had this DNA of uh, discipleship and and it just so happened that, you know, they found the best disciple maker of all time, the goat of discipleship, but, uh, but just knowing that God was already moving in their life beforehand. And then if you think back to a story like uh, Ruth, with Naomi to know, I think just to show that it's not just a New Testament concept or that this is something that we're, we're really pulling out. But uh, I got a verse from Ruth in chapter one when uh, Ruth's husband had died and Naomi was sending them away. In verse 16, she said, uh, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the idea that, you know, God's presence is going to bring us, you know, people like this, that people that are already uh, ready to, to commit to, um, to Christ. And, and uh, you'll see that God's method has always been people. And uh, we get, to, like you said, Abby, we get to be a part of that. And for me, that's so exciting to know that, you know, when we step out in faith that God is a, uh, already going before and uh, before us and par- preparing people hearts. I think that makes sense. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's so good. And it's so good that you brought up, you know, multiple uh-huh. examples of, you know, discipleship already kind of at play. And I think that's something we really want to go into more. Um, we're, you guys, this is going to have to be a two-parter. I'm sorry. It's going to have to happen. So um, so we really want to start to get into the nitty gritty, although I feel like we already have. This This is important, like um, taking the scripture part and seeing um, the integral details of 
what we're called to do. It's really important to have that foundation to stand on because whatever Keith, Andrew, and I have to say um, about maybe like how to do this um, or how we have learned how to do this or, you know, how this has become our mission and what's motivated us, all those things um, are going to be from our personal experience and, um, and we just want you to know that this is the foundation we're standing on here and it's your foundation too. And, we, you can't mess with that. You can't mess with God's word. So, um, so yeah, I just want to tease if that's okay, guys, I want to tease what's going to be coming up in, uh, our next podcast. We really do want to maybe share with you some of the more practical aspects of that, um, go and make disciples of all nations, um, helping people to obey all these commands, baptism, all that stuff. Um, and we, we want to get into that. We want to get into maybe our own stories on discipleship and just where uh, we have found that clarity of mission and that clarity of motivation even um, for all of this. Um, and so we're going to talk about that and talk about kind of the events that led up to all three of us sort of being obviously the biggest fans of the Great Commission. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we we want to talk about all that. Um, so yeah, we are hope that you will or have enjoyed this um, kind of in depth look at uh, discipleship through the lens of the Great Commission in Matthew twenty eight. Uh, and we also hope that you'll really show up on next podcast so where we get into kind of the nitty gritty. If you have a very specific question or a broad question on discipleship that you want us to cover in that podcast, it is not too late. You can jump on our social media and tell us what that question is, and we'll try to get to it in our next podcast on discipleship. Nice. That was a great tease. I'm excited, and uh, I think I'm going to be in the podcast, so I'm excited <laughs> for it. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to talk about all these things with you guys. So we we will be back. We promise, friends, and we hope that all of you um, have enjoyed this, and we can't wait to catch up with all of you on our Instagram on our Facebook page and you can DM us anytime. Thanks guys. All right, Abby, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can help us reach more people by going to iTunes, subscribing and leaving a review. And if you like what we're doing here, tell a friend about us in an age of social media, word of mouth is still the most powerful way to spread the message.